Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to the AEW Rampage Review. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by one of the Dudley Boys, Michael Sidgwick from What Culture, to review everything that happened on this weekend's episode of AEW Rampage. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts, where we're not going to review. Uh, AW Rampage, but also AW Dynamite, Raw, SmackDown, the show formerly known as NXT 2.0, oh! pay-per-views, premium live events. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a roundup of the week complete. A very good quiz, of course, on WrestleCulture. As I said, though, joined by Michael Sidgwick to review this weekend's episode of... Hey, I just met you. And this is crazy. But here's my number. This is baby. <laughs> and... We don't have to review Rampage for two weeks after this. Yay! Two bank holidays, baby. I love the royal family. <laughs> I don't. And I didn't love this Rampage, which was... Another 6.5 out of 10 episode. Characterized by something I'm trying to define. I'm going to try and coin something here, Wilborn. Like, just the distant hum of content happening in front of an audience. There was the main event, the likes of which had I watched on national television in 2019. In November 2019, when I was kind of bargaining for the quality of the show and I was crying out for what I thought it could be, this match, this main event, Drellistico versus El Hijo del Vikingo, have blown my mind. And yet... I've seen so much great wrestling. I've reached critical mass with great wrestling to a point where there's a tipping point now and it's no longer that entertaining or spectacular to me. And I felt that in the crowd as well. Mm. They've sat through with Dynamite. I believe until it goes back to the Universal Soundstage that they've watched a bit of ROH and Elevation. So they're knackered at this point. They can't possibly receive something as the spectacular blow-away match. And almost all of this rampage has got this noise that I find it's like anathema to me. Mm. It's just there. The noise is just there. The crowd don't really get up for much. The content is just there. And some of it's good, some of it's bad, some of it's mid, and it's all received. And it's not quite that Thunderdome hairdryer, but it's not an alive crowd. Mm. It's not something that people are up for. It's not something that energizes me. It's just another hour of AEW television that's just there. And it is a bad omen for the fact that Tony Khan has to, in the very near future, book two more hours of what is apparently <laughs> premium television. So, look, this week's Dynamite card looks very good. We go through the cycle weekly where Dynamite, every week something 
pretty great happened. Yes. Last week wasn't. And then Rampage rolls around. Then it's Rampage. I'm looking forward to reviewing Collision. I really, I need CM Punk back at this point. Work out, it's like 10 hours a week you're just going to have to book. Two hours for Dynamite, two hours for Collision, one hour for uh, Rampage, two hours for Ring of Honor, and let's say three hours for Dark and Dark Elevation. I don't understand. This is a general point because, as ever, there's not a whole lot of really sort of memorable or interesting stuff to analyze on Rampage. Yeah, there was there was the best wrestler that AEW's ever signed on this show, and John Moxley was on it as well. But, you know, we, we'll get to the eight-man a little bit later. Yeah. <laughs> like, this... Why do Elevation and Dark still exist? I understand that, right, okay. Some of his younger wrestlers need reps for the live experience. It helps to get the crowd up before Dynamite if you have... A top star who they love, like a Ricky Starks in action. Yes. Without the ranking system in place, which it is not until they tell you selectively that it is, which annoys me in and of itself, Elevation and Dark used to exist for the purpose of, one, giving people reps, two, generating the most incremental of revenue on YouTube. But generally, beyond those two things, it functioned as a way of... And it was like tree falling in a forest stuff. Oh, yeah. But it did function as, right, okay, if you're setting up a TV challenger for a top star or a mid-carder gunning for a title, they could rack up a few wins on elevation and or dark, and then they could mention on commentary, in passing, on television, that, you know what, such and such, they're racking up some wins, and that's why they're getting the match. It was already a bit pointless. Um... Now, without the ranking system, I don't understand why this company persists with taping these shows. It just, the content is exhausting. You are not, you were never really sort of driven to take it seriously. That's never, the ca- that's never been more the case now. Maybe they've thought, right, okay, we maybe didn't negotiate long enough when they decided to award us a rights fee. Three or four months in, we probably could have drove a harder bargain because our product is worth more than we yeah. are paying. Let's try and um, bulk up our revenue by just getting pumping out loads and loads and loads of shit or good <laughs> stuff that doesn't matter on YouTube. Um, maybe with the extra 52 mil a year, that's coming via collision, they'll finally put mm. an end to it. The thing about Tony Khan, what people don't understand, is that he's very fast at what he does. And something like Elevation, you can, in fact, book via spreadsheet. Mm-hmm. You can just say, right, this person needs X amount of wins. Here's the column of guys who I can just beat and beat and beat and beat and beat. You can create like a, a V lookup on a spreadsheet <laughs> to book elevation for the purposes that it serves. So that requires no work whatsoever. Even Dynamite, it's so less an intensive process than booking something like Monday Night Raw, which is written word for word. Yes. Heavily, heavily, heavily produced. All he has to do is, for half of it, say, right, I've allocated two minutes for a Moxley pre-tape. Um, I've allocated 10 minutes for a face-to-face for these wrestlers. Right, this is the story. This is the point I want to get across. Right, you guys articulate it. It's not as intensive 
as a lot of people believe it to be. So I do think it's overstated when people have said, oh, you know, Tony Khan's got this much on, this much on, this much on. Collision has to represent a tipping point. It has to. It's yes. already, particularly during the build for Revolution, it already felt he had way too much on his plate. Logic gaps were all over the place. Like his cliched devices were feeling ever more cliched. He just felt like he lacked a spark and a passion. So I'm worried about that. You got. Let's not forget as well. I'm not to harp on at this point. You got the season's finishing up Premier League wise, so he's going to have one eye on potentially signing him some players. For yeah, the Fulham, transfer whatever. window. Yeah, I think the NFL drafts around this time of year as well. I think it might be even this week. Now he's not saying he's going to be there. Going, I want this guy coming in right now. Like obviously you have. He staff. has to approve, isn't that exactly? That's the thing. Yeah, it's just, but collision. Uh, will mean we have something else to talk about after a weekend because so I suppose we should be treasuring these final moments that we have with Rampage. No, okay, fair enough. Uh, right, let's get into it though because it's not bad. No, it's just there. <laughs> uh, we opened with John Moxley versus Christopher Daniels, who uh, uh, took him more to his limit than I was anticipating. Mm-hmm. As I was concerned, I think we both were on the on the preview about this. Um, I liked Excalibur's explaining that Christopher Daniels is, you know, the reason why Moxley probably wants to kick crap out of him a little bit more is because he's still friends with the elite. But then also because of the storyline, it's like, although to be fair, the elite are the reason he can't do tag team wrestling anymore because the Young Bucks beat him. So when we all remember, you know, how much time that was to give him to really resonate. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but yeah, Daniels takes over early on, catches Moxie with a leg lariat, backdrops into the floor. There was a lot of mat work early on, in fact. Uh, Danielson, uh, Danielson, Daniels comes off the apron, hits Moxie with a clothesline. Uh, Moxie comes back with a backdrop on the floor and drops him on the steel ring steps to take us to a break when we come back. Um, Christopher Daniels is making his fight back, and then Moxie just nails him with a cutter. Goes for a superplex, but Daniels fights out of it and uh, comes off the top with a crossbody for a two-count. He actually gets a couple of near falls uh, until Moxley goes, right, enough of this. King Kong Lariat takes his head off. Hits a spike pile driver. Looks like he's trying to get him into the bulldog choke, but Daniels escapes. Counters the death rider with a backdrop. Comes off the middle ropes and uh, hits a flatliner on Moxley and hits him with the Angels Wings finisher, but he can't get over to get the pinfall quickly enough. Um, sets up for Uranagi, but Moxley escapes. Hammer and anvil elbows. Bulldog choke, but... A show of respect afterwards with a with a nice handshake between the two. Yeah, they gave Daniels way too much here. I don't necessarily well, I, I genuinely I mean, I endorse the fact that a lot of these matches go back and forth, even if it can get a bit much. Because the idea is you want to give your opponent something, you want to give the fans a good match. I get it, I endorse it, but there are exceptions and there are limits and I said on the preview, I had a sneaking suspicion that this was going to be either... Now, not something. The thing with Daniels is that you're not going to get an electrifying, really competitive back and forth that A, really lulls you into the action, and B, makes you think, hang on, they might do a subverted result here. He's just not as dynamic as he used to be. You're not going to get a particularly good, lengthy match out of Daniels these days. And that would be fine if it was on elevation or whatever. This is John Moxley, who's supposed to be a killer right now. I thought he should have dusted him in like two or three minutes to really hammer the point home of, Christ, this is a guy who um, 
entered in Daniels. This is a guy who entered AEW as a potential title contender before they did the injury angle, and he's a respected veteran of the game. And if he's getting murdered by Moxley in two minutes, he must really feel like a killer. So I think given this version of Daniels this much in this match just felt like a pretty dry waste of time for me. It just, I think it only went seven. Something like that, yeah. Tops. Felt far longer. Didn't do anything for Moxley realistically. Didn't do anything for my entertainment. Um, and it just existed. And look, I understand how Tony Khan books. We are four years in. And I've written, a, do you know I've written a book What's about this? it? Yeah, I wrote a book about all this. Oh. It's about the rise and information, the formation and rise of AEW, and it's called Becoming All Elite, the rise of AEW. Ah, where can I get it? Where do you live? Um, Nigeria. Well, if you've got Sometimes. Amazon, then you can get it. Really? 120,000 passionate, insightful words. I understand that the name wrestler on television will fight and almost inevitably defeat the stablemate of their main rival or someone who's connected somehow to the person that they are going to have, the, the one that counts, the, the match that counts. Yes. So I understand why Daniels was booked here, but at the same time, it's always very convenient <laughs> that these matches happen. Um, it They feel significantly less like fixtures when you are just sort of, engineering a purpose to a match and again good and bad good and bad version of everything i will let them off if we do kenny omega versus wheeler Utah. the follow this take that i'm having right now will scan as hypocritical because that's the exact same thing but it is very convenient that these matches often happen it's just engineered for a purpose and that's mm. what wrestling is but it can sometimes feel not particularly creative but, you know, considering what's been going on with the BCC uh, and the elites, handshake at the end, and I was thought that and thought, oh, I've misjudged you, new version of John Moxley. Hey, 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 you all right. Just wanted to use the soundboard there. How wrong I was. More on that yeah, later. You, you, yeah. <laughs> I just want to use the soundboard as well. Yeah, I like the soundboard as well. I like this one. Don't just sing me again. <laughs> Do you want know what I had for ages? <laughs> he wasn't my car. Come on, guys. More car stuff. Yeah, no, no. Oh, no, 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 no. no. Should have used that for the Wardlow thing. Yeah. Oh, bloody hell. Anyway, uh, Lexi Nair is backstage with Jade Cargill, but uh, Mark Sterling's doing all the talking for her. Um, and, yeah, it's next week, well, this week, I should say, on Dynamite. It will be Taya Valkyrie versus Jade Cargill uh, for the TBS Championship. But... Sterling announced that somehow they've snuck in the, the terms and conditions of the contract that Ty Valkyrie is barred from using Jaded or whatever she calls it, Road to Valhalla, I think is her version, uh, in the match on Wednesday. Well, the result of the main event of this show should have been overturned because Vikingo used a Canadian destroyer. As do half of the AW roster. No, they don't. That's a very cornet take, for which I apologize, but you get my meaning. Yeah. It's a lot of complete crap. That is uh, a total bastardization of the logic and rules. Oh, don't in get in the, the standard set elsewhere. You've got to save your anger for a little bit later on because I sense it's coming. I saw your tweet and I felt the exact yeah. same thing. Yep, 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 yep. I just hate it when they get selective. I hate it mm. when they get selective and Tony Khan, again, probably because 
He's got too much on his plate. Is getting lost and confused, and he's booking himself into a lot of corners. Mm. Is Tony Khan? I, I I just like the idea that someone's come in as really cocky, full of belief. There's a similar sort of working style to Jade. Exudes a similar sort of superstar presence, yeah. and might be her equal. Why can't that be the story? Because you know what's going to happen. She looks thick now. She's not seen the big writing that says you're not allowed to use. Surely, if, if you said no one's allowed to use a, this this maneuver, then that's maybe one thing. Of like, she goes, all right, well, yeah, she's got that pump kick, but Jade is kind of her go-to finish. I'm more experienced than Jade Cargill. If that's taken out of the arsenal, I've still got some stuff in my back pocket. Just her not being allowed to use it makes her look like she's had bad advice in terms of signing yeah, the contract. it makes no sense within the wider context of AEW, and they've just completely telegraphed a false finish in this match, which, sorry to step on the toes of the dick of uh, Wednesday's preview, is that the referee the referee's going to be distracted. Ooh, that gives um, Taya Valkyrie an in to do the... What's it called? Uh, Road to Valhalla, I think. Road to Valhalla. And then, oh my God, near fall. Or dusty finish. It's going to get used in the match. That's right. We've got lots of preview on Wednesday. He's gone mad with that show. I mean, it does look great. Yeah. It does look goddamn great, actually. Um, okay, here comes Hook, Isaiah Cassidy, and... Out they come, the Hardy Boys. Uh, Jeff gets the mic, obviously. We're going to hear from him. Uh, he gets a nice welcome back chant. He says, uh, it's super cool to be back in this elite world. Uh, nine months ago, I didn't think it was possible. I've worked so hard to reach this moment right now. Thank you. I'm trying really hard to love myself again. And with that said, I think the smartest thing to, for me to do is retire. From screwing up! Um... I'm going to end my career in AEW, uh, blah, blah, blah. Uh, the future is waiting for us to prevail. Uh, other things happened here, but I really, really wanted to know your thoughts on this because me and Hamlet were talking about it on the news this morning. I didn't really know how to feel about it. I think, you know, I'm I'm the biggest fan of, I'm going to do this. I'm talking about this, actually. But I don't feel like, you know, alcoholism, DUIs, all that sort of stuff should be a... Swerve, I'm not retiring thing. I thought this is quite wildly inappropriate is like sort of the approach to delivering the news that he's going to keep wrestling, which was made evident. Because when the words, maybe the smart thing for me to do would be to retire, when those words left his mouth, I obviously saw the bait and switch coming a mile away. But I agreed with the guy. He's He could probably, I don't know how he's invested or managed his money, but he's earned a lot of it. Mm-hmm. Um, if he hasn't got that much to retire on, then, again, that's his fault. That's his fault. He's been paid fortunes over the years by promoters who should know better and have indulged and enabled him. Yeah. And the thing is, like, it's too correct. It would be the smart thing for him to retire because, you know, an argument could be made that the wrestling business has enabled the troubles he has constantly found himself in. Like, if he's completely banged up and he's very, very sore and he just needs to ease the pain, that's where his vices come in. So don't... It was just... What a stupid, stupid thing to say I thought that Mm -hmm. was. 
he's not screwing up. He's not like leaving an arena and oh, st- stepped in a puddle. Oh, I've just fallen on my ass. Like they're not screw ups. They are. He's making it sound like he's a slapstick idiot mm. when, in fact, the reality could be interpreted as like way more reckless and stupid and calculated. Or I, I just hate talking about this. Yeah, I hate talking me about too. it. Um, maybe the smart thing for me to do would to retire. Correct. Uh, I just think, yeah. I, I don't want to harp on about this, but I just think like. I'm gonna stop being a bit of an idiot. Is underselling the seriousness of everything, but obviously, you know, we hope he's better in terms of yeah, his troubles. Yeah, you know, I harbor no ill will towards Jeff Hardy. I want what's best for him, and when he himself is coming up with a scenario that might, in fact, be best for him, and then doing it for a cheap. Oh, just hate on about Jeff Hardy, man. Mm. Let's talk about someone instead. Instead, Matt Hardy. Uh, he takes the microphone. <laughs> Uh, but thankfully, Stokely Hathaway appears on the screen. He's pissed off to the highest level of pissivity, Sige. Um, and he wants more information on the firm deletion match. And then all doing the delete thing. Delete, delete, delete. <laughs> what year is it? Um, uh, but Matt's like, ah, you got to wait, wait to find out. Because we haven't got a fucking date or anything. And we don't, we don't really know either. Um, but of course, this is all a distraction. Because uh, I did like Stokely Hathaway's. You know what? Fair enough. Bye, mate. And he walks off screen, of course. In come the rest of the firm to just murder them. Um, Done that twice in one TV taping. Did you notice this? Yeah, they got away with it, though, because I loved Stokely Hathaway walking off screen, then walking back on and going, damn, that's crazy. (laughs) Twice in one TV taping. Come on, Tony. Come on, just just stop doing the YouTube shows. Give ROH to the nearest person in your circle who you think, you know what, he could book... You should have an emergency um, contingency plan in place, right? Where if something really bad happens to him, AEW's got to continue. Say if he, like, has, you know, like, I don't know, something where he's inactive for a few weeks or months. He should have someone in place, like one of his producers who's got an eye for it, or QT Marshall or whatever. Give them ROH at this point. Mm. Because you're doing the same things, the same storylines, the same angles constantly, it feels like. And this angle has resulted nothing for me. And that's not just because of who is involved in it. Nice looking bump from Isaiah Casti off the ego's edge, though. That was tasty. Eventually, that, yeah, it was different gravy. Eventually, the uh, Hardys chase them off with steel chairs. Yeah. <laughs> put it on Rampage, I'm begging you. Because if you put it on Rampage... The people who don't like it will not have the uh, the energy to bury it. No, and the people who so the people who are going to hate it won't even have the energy to bury it. The people who do like it will really enjoy it, irrespective of what night it's on. This is a thing that blew up in the vlogs. Mm. So put it on a vlog, or put <laughs> it on rampage. It would be sh- moronic to put this on dynamite. You know, everyone is. Like, how much does it matter? Because I know Twitter's a bubble, but just don't put it on dynamite. You're right. asking for a horrendous Thursday. You're asking at least half of your audience to not give a toss about next week's dynamite, which could prove to be an issue. Put on a vlog. Apparently, we're getting some special appearances in it. Ooh, could it be Rebby Hardy playing the piano? 
Or our dad. <laughs> oh, maybe Gangrel could turn up again. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Uh, there's a recap of the Jericho page, uh, Soraya, Brit, what Angle. About, oh my God, what about the drone? Dilapidated boat, don't forget that. That is classic Vanguard one. Should we have, should we have a bingo card for it? Uh, I you know what, Hathaway will be good in this. He will. Uh, yeah, we got a recap of uh, uh, poor. Uh, did I say Adam Adam Page or Adam Cole there? I can't remember. I can't remember Adam Cole um, being handcuffed to the bottom rope. Oh, uh, where were the security guards? Yeah, and uh, he's gonna he's gonna talk about this on Wednesday. So we'll talk about it on Wednesday as well. Yeah, yeah we, will, we, will, we will. And next week it's that. naturally limitless on Rampage. I wonder if Swerve's gonna show up. It's too hard to be cynical. It's too easy to be cynical, rather. Yeah. Uh, then we got Julia Hart versus Kiara Hogan. Then we're, sorry, we're going to get uh, Dustin Rhodes versus Brian Cage at some point. Yeah, just give us the just give us the one on one match and make me feel like they hate each other. Like how hard is it to stop pissing about with these indirect connections that at this point are plaguing the show for me. What if they don't do it at Double or Nothing? It's just procrastination. What if they go past Double or Nothing? Shut up. It'll be going on for two years, this feud. For Christ's sake, just go for the match. Uh, yeah, Julia Hart versus Kiara Hogan. I, Sidged, for me, this match, uh, it was brief. Um, there were some main games by Julia Hart, but Sidge, I don't know about you, but this to me was as uh, one-sided as Newcastle United versus Spurs. 20% of me quite enjoyed that. Yeah. Just 20%. It wasn't, I mean, there was differences. This match wasn't already over after about uh, 10% of the actual match. It was ridiculous. Like, cl- uh, very quick aside, an anecdote. Um, it was my daughter's birthday party oh. on Sunday, so I didn't watch the match live because um, we went to the hall talking to the DJ and the guy who sort of gets the games going for the five-year-old kids and that. And we were setting up, and we're putting the banners up and inflating the balloons and sorting out the party bags and all the rest of it. And the family I've married into are Sunderland, which for American listeners are our fiercest rivals. Yeah, it's like uh, 
Boston Red Sox, cool socks, marrying into a Yankee household. Pretty much, pretty much. And Sunderland were playing before, and oh, they're going to make the playoffs, and we're going to get a derby next year, and I'm, it's going to make me feel sick. 20% of me will feel sick. <laughs> so I don't want Sunderland to win at the best of times. I'm not that bothered. I'm not one of these obsessive types who go, oh, get in there, bloody Sunderland, they're lost. <laughs> but I still don't want them to be in a derby. They can do whatever they want in the championship. They can win games 10-0 as long as they don't get promoted. Anyway, so it turns out that they win. And the mother-in-law, love Eileen. But she's like, ooh, Sunderland have got another goal. And I'm like, Eileen, I don't care. Don't want any of this tribalism stuff. Uh, yeah. On my daughter's birthday. Like, oh, I know, I know, I know. So it's Newcastle game against Spurs. Kicks off at 2 o'clock. At 8 minutes past 2... <laughs> Eileen walks over. I've not even checked my phone because, quite frankly, I don't want to. If we're getting beat, I don't want to be in a mood. It's my daughter's birthday. It's in full swing. So Eileen walks over at eight minutes past two, like frantically gesturing at her phone. And I thought, that's nice. I wasn't even annoyed that the Sunderland talk was happening. But I think she thinks that she's offended me. So I thought when she walks over... It's, I'm inferring, oh, Newcastle have taken an early lead. And she wants to tell me just to share in the happiness in case she thinks she's upset me. Yeah. She hasn't, yeah. but it's nice for her to do. And she holds the phone in front of my face, and it says 3-0, eight minutes. And I'm thinking, Charles, did you have to be born today? <laughs> no, nah, I could not believe it. Put some respect on that second Jacob Murphy goal, by the way. Jesus Christ. Unbelievable. 20% of me, and it is 20%. Quick, rather enjoyed it. Another aside, actually. In the 80%, when we got beat off Villa, it was like, oh, fair enough. Yeah. Kids' uh, birthday games, are they still the same as when me and you were? So you got you got past the parcel? You past got the parcel, got played. Pin the tail on the donkey? Love no, that. no, no, no. Oh, that's got to make a comeback scene. Pin the tail on the donkey's goated. Oh, they, they were cooking, whoever came up with that. There's musical statues. Ah, oh, classic. Yeah, musical chairs can get a bit violent, can't it? Yeah. And they do dance song games. Like, Chuchiwa, is that what it's called? No idea. You have, to, like, actions to dances. and stuff. Do they do the Macarena or no? Nah. Get the parents up, that would. Macarena just doesn't exist. It exists on holiday. Still big time in the Mediterranean, but it does not exist in England. Well, it's- in... South Tyneside. Baby Shark still go it or yeah, yeah. So the, the the guy is really good, and the DJ he like uh, does Baby Shark, Crazy Shark, Baby Shark, do do yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So he does the actions, and when he does run away, he pretends to be the shark, and the kids. Oh all bloody hell! There. Yeah, yeah. Miss my calling, haven't I? You have, you know. You'd be great in it. Wacky Wilbo's party disco. <laughs> I'll bring this out on board. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> Julia Hart. Oh, yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Julia Hart and Kiara Hogan. It's fun matches for, for the amount of time it was given. Yeah. Uh, um, Hogan made a bit of a comeback, sliding drop kick in the corner, got her a near fall. Uh, but Hart fought back, Hangman's neck breaker, standing moonsault, uh, and after a couple of attempts, managed to get her in that sort of sort of rings of Saturn, isn't it? It's the heartless submission that she's got uh, to get the victory post-match. Here comes Anna Jay to come down and brawl, uh, but thankfully the officials show up this time and uh, separate the two of them. Aye. Where have they been? 
Uh, this is completely inconsistent. This match was all right when it got to the finish, and Julia Hart clearly is working very, very hard and is listening intently and getting her character over. Yeah. People are responding to it. That is the main thing. But there are certain actual physical sequences early on where it's like you are just doing things to then have the other wrestler take offense on you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like just putting yourself in a situation to take moves as opposed to making it look like you've just been completely out-wrestled or outwitted or whatever. It felt very, very choreographed at points, the short match, which... Uh, aye. And yet another Jim Ross. Bingo! Can't just say, here comes Anna Jay. They've got a bit of a, an issue with each other. Always good to see Anna Jay. Don't say it like that, Jim. Just say, here comes Anna Jay. Just like, what? A th- yeah, a third of his age? Doesn't need to say it like that. I have to objectify someone as they're doing a run-in. Ah, here's your go, but I love to watch Lee Vex. Tony, uh, Taz, you like the bushes or just me? Like, f*** off. <laughs> like, why the f*** has no one got in his ear and said, Jim, stop being a dirty old man? Yeah. Not being funny, right? If I'm a woman, and statistically... If I'm lucky, I've been catcalled at a minimum in my life. Mm. I have suffered, you know, whatever at the hands of a bloke. And I do not want to be reminded of a dirty old man no. in my escapist time. Exactly. And you tune into Rampage, and you're going to give it a shot because you like wrestling. And then, oh, I was about to see her. You would just turn it off. Yeah. You would just turn it off. You don't want to be reminded of the bloody male f-ing gaze. No. When you're watching your escapist hobby of choice. Sorry, I'll stop swearing now, Wilborn. That's fine. It's completely justified, in my opinion. Uh, Lexi Nair's backstage with Christopher Daniels, but she can't really get any questions out until the, the Blackpool Combat Club come in. And you think, oh, God, Claudio and you are going to kill him. Um, but Moxley steps in and says, no, no, no. We're not going to do that. It's Christopher Daniels. And Daniels is like, wow, thanks, John. I guess you do. Bye, John. I think. I guess you do still have some honour, and this irks John Moxley so much. He smashes his head against the locker, busts him open, and says, "We never changed." It's everyone else who's out of their damn minds. He betrayed him, Sige. He did I? Who, How who, could he? Yeah, I know. Brutal. What do you think? I, I, I did like the fact he got busted open. Why? <laughs> Save the bloodshed for the paper. At this point, more excess. Yeah. This program. Uh, I tell you what, excess I do like though, and that's Sanjay Dutt and his boys. God, I love them so much. Yeah, they are good. But yeah. I, I wasn't a fan of this. I'm sorry. Ask me a nice question at the end, and okay. I'll cheer up. Okay. Uh, yeah, it was Jeff Jarrett, Jay Lethal, and FTR taking on the Job Squad. Uh, Tony Nice, Ari Divari, Josh Woods, and Slim J. They're not bad. They're just obviously we knew what the position yeah. they were going to be in here. Um, Sanjay, they walk down to the ring. They get separate entrances. Obviously, the best entrance is Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal's, as much as FTR. Ah, world, it bangs so hard. Sanjay, like not allowed to use that word anymore. It does. It bangs. Yeah. Sanjay just looks down the camera lens and says, "Mark Briscoe, we're your best friends." Um, how do you want to do this? How do you want to do it? Just recap the match, and I'll tell you my thoughts. Well, I wanted to. <laughs> I wanted to get to the bit on commentary where Tony was like, "Yeah, Tony Khan's not happy about how Sammy Guevara." won the main event on Dynamite. 
and uh, he's going to have words with that. So that's why we're going to hear from Tony Khan on Dynamite. Allegedly, yeah. Well, look, I'll bury it on Wednesday in a different way. Mm. So much for that tournament, basically. The cynical part of me is kind of putting two and two together and believes that the Tony Khan announcement is obviously going to pertain to the finish of the Dynamite main event. And tough titties, Tony. Sorry for the alliteration, but oh my God. If you're not happy with the finish of that match, I've got some news for you. <laughs> Look at Dynamite for the past, what, two years? Or yeah. Nearly even three. There is... Got some bad news about when Kenny Omega won the world title, mate. Yeah. I, there are interference finishes in every other <laughs> AEW match. Are we talking one and two or one and three? Well, let's be generous, one and three. One and three matches as interference. If you don't... This is different, right? Maybe they can style it in such a way where it's, you know, you had no reason to be out there, Max. You don't have a manager's license, which might explain why there's, like, sometimes a four people. Like, there wasn't the main event of this show. There were four people. Or four managers, and they're pretty bad guys. What could go wrong? <laughs> it's one thing to do that, and it's a bit contrived. Stop hiring so many people. Stop using so many people. <laughs> sake, you are constantly writing yourself into a corner. Yeah. You are constantly creating so many inconsistencies across the product, and it's starting to wind me up something rotten. I'm starting to watch this show, not just passively, uh, Rampage, 6 o'clock on a Monday morning, so I'm not going to waste my actual weekend on this. <laughs> and I'm starting to get like actively annoyed. I hold this company to a higher standard. Yeah. If they dare do an instant replay, or that match didn't count because of this, you could honestly, retroactively, rebook or redo, at this point, what, 25% of AEW matches oh, yeah, on that easy. basis, on that principle? And I've had people in Twitter, you know, I get it, you want to defend AEW, it's fine. Or maybe you've got some salient points to make about how, um, you know, it's a championship picture, so it's different. Or, you know, MGF wasn't meant to be ringside. And, you know, you had the license and you had a reason to be there. You cannot, I'm sorry, as you said, that's a perfect example with the Kenny Omega thing with the title win. You cannot retroactively um, change the results of matches. Wins and losses are meant to matter. Like you got outsmarted by a ploy, Jungle Boy. I'm sorry. If you're a cleverer baby face, you wouldn't have fallen for it. Like, I'm, I hate this development. At this point, I hate this Pillars feud. I didn't want to. It was mm. promising. Oh, God. Like, I didn't like the way that finish panned out on um, on Wednesday. Okay, you've just told four people that they can hold a manager's license in your main event in their bodies. What do you, what do you expect to happen? Yeah. I'm sure Vikingo will overcome this one-on-four threat. If you believe it to be a threat in the first place, simply don't have them at ringside. And if you don't think they are a threat... You are tremendously naive because you've just watched an hour earlier yeah. some heel interference. You've watched heel interference for the past four years. <laughs> Give over with all of this. Um, so Slim J gets a bit of offense in. He tries to leapfrog over Castrillo, though, just nails him with a power slam. Uh, Jarrett and Lethal type themselves in and go, get, get out of there, FTR. Double team Slim J. Uh, they dump out all their opponents, basically, and then uh, they all have Babyface team does the strut to take us to a break. Um, we come back. We see Mark Briscoe actually shown watching in the back. Um, 
Wheeler hits uh, Davari with a backdrop suplex. Dax Harwood gets a tag and cleans house. Um, everything breaks down. Mark Sterling's up on the apron. He gets pulled into the ring. But there's a miscommunication between Dax and Jeff Jarrett. Uh, and Harwood almost gets pinned by Davari. But uh, Jarrett hits him with the stroke and then goes, there you go, mate. I've done it for you. Pin him now. Um, post and he did. Yeah, and he did. Post-match, FTR and Jarrett and all his boys get into it until Mark Briscoe comes down to try and make peace, which, of course, sets up the uh, epic match for this week's Dynamite. A great prospect of a match and a build that I didn't enjoy. Uh, look, I've been enjoying both the premise and the execution of this tug-of-war of Mark Briscoe. I think it's quite cute. I think it's nice. Uh... TV-level business before FTR do something more substantial at the pay-per-view. It all makes sense. It's all quite funny. Good. i tell you one thing. This crowd, and they were exhausted, did not get up for the Jarrett-Dax standoff at all. No. The, the inadvertent punch, you would have at least expected, ooh, nothing. Absolute nothing. It might honestly, man. These things might as well. Have, you might as well either a put it in a thunderdome, or b at least the extra extras in the pandemic actually feigned reactions. Um, Rampage sucks. It doesn't suck, but it's just there. It's just there. But I had a good weekend. So it's not as if I'm in a bad mood. No, I just don't like this show very much. <laughs> uh, great promo from Butcher and the Blade. Yeah, this is awesome. To set up uh, them and them versus Kanosuke Takeshita and Ken Omega. Right, I love crumbs. Right, <laughs> with the crumbs. crumbs. So my so my initial thought when the butcher started banging on about crumbs, which is great. I love the butcher. He was talking about how he thinks so little of the people around him and his competition in the tag team division that they are just mere crumbs. Not even yeah. like ants. They are crumbs to him. The crumbs are now sentient. Yeah, they're talking to him. Awesome. And they're, go and watch it. I'm not going to do it justice. Go and watch it. It's like 30 seconds. It's just the best kind of 80s badass pastiche. They know what they're good at. They know what they're there for, and I'm here for what they are selling me. I'm buying it. Yeah, lots to talk about on a preview this week, including as well uh, Orange Cassidy versus Bandido. 20th defense this championship. They've been brilliant, hasn't he, as What's it called? International champion now? Yeah, Cassidy's the best. Love him. Fundamental to my enjoyment of AEW this year. Yeah, that's a very good point. I yeah. usually hate consistency as well. I'll talk about more of this on Wednesday when people are not the good thing about this uh, footballer slash, um, or more particularly, you know what's great about this wrestler is they're so consistent. Mm. I don't care. I don't care. I'd rather you were amazing in small doses. You know? Mm-hmm. I don't want consistency. I'm not eating soup. Tell you what is consistent. I'm not eating a nice stew where if it's thin, it's dead. I don't go for consistency in professional wrestling. Mm. I want I, I want euphoric highs or just lows I can laugh at or bury. I want boring, solid, consistent stuff. I'm completely with you. Um, well, I'll say what is consistent. And that's Mark Henry saying... He only said half of that this week. It's a joke. It's a t- why bother? 
Elio Del Vikingo. It's ridiculous. We could pre-tape him. Maybe that, that's what they're doing from the exact same location. You know that um, Simpsons joke where it's, I think it's from Itchy and Scratchy and Poochie and the voice artist says they only paid me for one meep or whatever it is. Yes. Like, why not just have... If, the, if he's not going to do the side-by-side interview anymore and they don't need to pay Mark Henry vast sums of money to do this... If he's just going to say, well, guys, it's time for the main event. Okay, right, Mark, just do this. Right, okay. He doesn't need, don't need to fly him in. No. Tony Khan's a billionaire, but, you know, if you happen to produce so much content on YouTube to help your bottom line before the next rights fee, why don't you save, save on airfare? Mm. No way. It, it, just say, right, okay, Mark, here's a studio. Get yourself to there. Um, can you just put, can you, here's some suit jackets. Just wear 15 different suit jackets and say it's time for the main event. Just wear a green one. And you can have, you can just green screen it, basically. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mark Henry's in space. <laughs> What's the point? <laughs> or just do like the old FIFA when it was like, tonight we're going to see Barcelona versus Paris Saint-Germain. <laughs> I just have not say, right, go on the Wikipedia. Here's your roster. Slim J... Versus Penta L zero meter. Right, okay. Time for them. Yeah, thanks, Mark. Thanks. It still costs them so much money because it's like right, I've signed these twelve this week, yeah. Mark, so you can just re-record. <laughs> we'll just get you to say every version of a word or a letter in the, and then just yeah, piece yeah. it together slowly. Just list it, go. You could just AI it now. <laughs> Chat GPT, Mark Henry. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so it was Jalistico versus El Hijo del Vikingo for the AAA Mega Championship. Uh, Jalistico with Roosh and Jose, the assistant, and Preston Rance, obviously, you know, just for all of his guys there to be at ringside. Um, before Vikingo even makes it into the rope. The first two minutes of this was preposterous in the best way. Yeah. Tope off, straight out of the gate, like I say, from Jalistico, and then Vikingo fights back. <laughs> The noise when he hit the ramp, and we, there's the start. Just, I want to try, try and hit the desk because I'm worried it's going to freeze. That's the noise it made when, when uh, Vikingo hit the uh, hit the ramp, basically. Uh, anyway, he comes back with the corkscrew kick, snap German suplex from Jalistico, poison rana from Vikingo, and a springboard destroyer from Jalistico, and then they go. Oh, that looked awesome as well. Time for a break now. Like two minutes into this, it's insane. Uh, when we come back, Jalistico hits a moonsault from the middle rope to the floor. I mean, I haven't done this. I should. Oh my god! Oh my god! Once more, oh my god. just for the whole thing. Yeah, I'll just do it after everyone. Uh, Jalistico hits a springboard into a code breaker for a near fall. Uh, then Vikingo hits a Canadian. Dis- uh, sorry, hits a headbutt to send Jalistico to the apron, and then hits a Canadian destroyer. Oh my god! Ridiculous. Yeah. Um. But the referee, you'll never guess, Sage, Cashers Roosh and uh, <laughs> Preston Vance attacking Vikingo on the floor. Now, I get it. You don't want to call for a DQ in a title match. But, yeah, sending him to the back is a little bit, you know, shutting the stable door after the horse's bolt. They've already kicked the crap out of him. Yeah. So, Jalistico gets a near fall with a roll-up. Vikingo hits a spinning kick, comes off the top with a double stomp. That gets a two count. 
Drillistico hits uh, Vikingo with a Rana that sends them both to the floor. Uh, but then Vikingo hits a spinning kick, drives his knees into Drillistico in the corner, and hits the 630 cent on to get the pinfall victory and retain the AAA Mega Championship. Post match, back come the LFI, uh, attack Vikingo, Vance hits him with a discus lariat, and the LFA stand t- LFI sorry, stand tall to close out the show. I'll take Rush. Versus Vikingo every day, oh. the, every day of the goddamn week. I feel guilty for not going mad for this. Yeah, me too. Very good match. I just have seen so many spots of this nature, like literally in the main event of Dynamite. I have just seen this absolutely awesome destroyer, and then I've seen another awesome destroyer. But because I've just seen an awesome destroyer, one of the best versions yet, I was like, all right, okay, cool. I've, I've just seen it. I'm, mm. I'm spoiled rotten by wrestling. I think a lot of people are, and I never want to. I never want to lose perspective. This in isolation, very, very good match. Incredibly committed work. Like a maniac in there as Vikingo. And elements of this may, like popped me. But again, I just can't possibly get up a height with excitement. Mm-hmm. When I... The crowd reaction being flat to the insanity just didn't help. If they were losing their minds, I would lose mine too. Um, but as it happens, it was late in the night... For the audience, it was early in the morning for me, <laughs> and it just felt like a thing that was good. I, I said at the start, 2019, this is on Dynamite. I'm absolutely losing my mind. I don't know if it's just wrestling fatigue, content fatigue, AEW fatigue, or what, but this just couldn't be the match it would have been like probably even this time last yeah. year. And I'll tell you another problem as well with this, is that Tony Khan... When he likes something, he really likes it. When he likes jobbing out Bobby Fish, this man loves jobbing out Bobby <laughs> Fish. Okay? When he likes to see some blood on television, this man loves to see blood on television. He gets these micro-obsessions that he just falls head over heels in love with um, for a short time before he gets bored. He gets new toy syndrome, does yeah. Tony Khan. And I've seen a lot of Lucha Libre on AEW TV of late, and it's getting a bit much, quite frankly. And I would say the same thing about anything else. I was getting very bored of John Moxley's blade jobs. Remember the Texas Tornado match? Mm -hmm. I was so bored of the Moxley bloodbath brawl by that point that that in isolation, I couldn't really get into a few cool moments aside. And when you have too much of one thing, this is why I can't watch WWE, because you mm. get the same match structure on every single goddamn show, and it, it, it's nowhere near as much of a problem in AEW as it is in WWE, because at least you see too much of one very different thing in these different cycles that Tony has, but you just, I can't pop for a demented destroyer when I saw one in the last TV show. Yeah. I can't get absolutely wowed by an incredible rope walk move when I've just seen it on last week's show. Yes. Like between Commander and Jay White and uh, Guevara and Jack Perry and Vikingo against Drillistico, you've seen so much of the same thing across two hours of television that are a few days apart for me, an hour apart for the live audience. It's AEW's Luchified era... (laughs) He's, I don't know what he's thinking by booking Commander, and I've said this before on the preview, I don't know what he's trying to accomplish 
other than getting obsessed with something that he really likes for a yeah. little bit. By having Commander and Vikingo on these same shows, one is outclassing the other by orders of magnitude for me. Yeah. And it's redundant. It's a diminished return. It's Tensai Lesnar in 2012. I just, I need him to just take a long look at what he's actually trying to accomplish here. Yeah. And to not exist so much in the moment. It's part of the joy of, sorry, vintage AEW is the fact that everything just built so nicely. There was so much variation across each card. <sighs> Dynamite looks great there this week. Yeah, it does. We'll talk more about that on Wednesday, of course. But for now, let us know your thoughts on AW Rampage on Twitter at WhatCultureWWE. Watch they can follow both of us. You can follow Michael Sidgwick at... M. Sidgwick. Follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at WhatCultureWWE, as I said. And make sure you subscribe to WhatCulture Wrestling, wherever you get your podcasts from. Uh, for daily wrestling podcasts, the SmackDown Review is available right now. And me and the Daddy Boys will be back later on today to look ahead to Monday Now Row. But for now, this has been the AW Rampage Review. My thanks to Michael Sidgwick. Thank you for joining us. And we... We'll see you soon. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1, only from Rust-Oleum. Roundabout Season 2, presented by Nissan, is live now, and we're back to share more stories from the road and the memories made along the way. We're talking rest stops. If we're stopping to get gas, you will be timed. Misguided plans. I grew up in the city, so I have, like, you know, a healthy fear of real extreme darkness. <laughs> a lot of laughs. Y'all weird. <laughs> yeah, you, you were different. And so much more. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most. But if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.